0: i am terrified of airplanes. Maybe it's from being born in the aftermath of 9-11. Maybe it's my fear of heights. Maybe it's because I'm an overall incredibly anxious person. No one can really be sure. It's probably a mixture of all of these and more. The first time I learned about airplanes was from my dad on a short flight from Dallas to Houston. I was extremely nervous, as I am on all flights. My dad thought that if I understood how safe I was, I would calm down, or he just wanted to try and distract me. Either would work. Regardless, I appreciated the interruption for my obsessive irrational thoughts. This hour or so long flight sparked a fascination with aviation. At first, the pursuit was purely compelled by escaping my fear. At the bare minimum, I wanted to like going on trips. It sounds silly, but I would spend the weeks leading up to the vacation, not daydreaming about a relaxing trip, but worrying about being on a plane. Every moment after reaching the destination, I would spend dreading going on the plane to get home. Eventually, my interest stopped being solely about trying to reason away the fear, because that didn't work very well for me. I started to genuinely love understanding how these complex machines worked. To me, learning about planes is a beautiful cross-section between history and science that I love and want to share with you. Our story starts with the Wright brothers. Orville and Wilbur Wright made the first successful airplane. The brothers originally had a bicycle shop where they would make and repair bikes. They used the skills from that business to build their gliders and eventually their plane. The Wright brothers were inspired by Otto Lilienthal and began their experiments with gliders. They used these gliders to see how wings could generate lift and how to propel a craft. After using the gliders to learn about the principles of aviation, the brothers started learning how to make an airplane. Again, they used more of their bicycle shop skills to make an engine and the parts for the plane. Finally, on December 17, 1903, in Kitty Hawk, North Carolina, Orville Wright made the first successful flight in his aircraft for a total of 12 seconds, recovered a total of 120 feet. They then patented their creation and continued on their aviation adventures. The U.S. military had previously been using hot air balloons for observation and reconnaissance, but in 1908, the brothers signed a contract with the U.S. Army for the production of an airplane. This plane could hold a pilot, along with one passenger, for a minimum of an hour while going an average of 40 miles per hour. This was a drastic improvement from the original plane that flew over Kitty Hawk. In 1909, the brothers created the Wright Company, and with no real competitors, they were the main aviation company. They sold the Wright Model B airplane, and shortly after the start of the company, Wilbur died of typhoid fever at the age of 45. Orville sold the company to a group of investors only three years after his brother's death. Orville died in January of 1948 of a heart attack at the age of 76. He went from being the first human to fly in an airplane, and by the time of his death, humans were able to achieve supersonic flight with the Bell X-1. World War I brought new innovation to aviation. World War I was the first major war to utilize the technology of airplanes. Airplanes weren't used how planes are typically used in war today. They were mostly used for relaying information to troops and doing reconnaissance where people couldn't go. World War I also saw the creation of better engines, allowing for more weight to be attached to the planes. This led to the addition of weapons, like machine guns, to the aircraft. The weaponization revolutionized how people thought of both aircrafts and air combat in general. Planes weren't just for spying on your enemy anymore, but they could be used to attack from above. War wasn't only for land and sea, but it moved to the sky. Adding guns to the planes came with more challenges and even more advancements. However, the technological advancements of World War II were even more drastic. In between World War I and World War II, planes had major advancements, but America was experiencing the Great Depression during a lot of this time, so aviation wasn't the U.S.'s main priority. One major advancement was the Lockheed XC-35, which was the first plane to be pressurized. This means that the cabin of the plane was fully enclosed and made to simulate a comfortable altitude to humans. This allowed planes to fly even higher than before. After World War I, as a part of the Treaty of Versailles, Germany had restrictions put on its military. One of these restrictions was limiting the size of its air fleet. However, Germany trained pilots in secret, which eventually became the Luftwaffe. While World War I brought machine guns mounted on the aircraft, World War II brought bombs. With even better materials and better engines, planes were able to carry even more weight. The most famous case of this was the B-29 flown by Colonel Paul Tibbetts, Jr., named the Enola Gay, after his mother. Inside the plane was the atomic bomb that was dropped on Hiroshima, Japan, the morning of August 6, 1945. Other than the atomic bomb, bombs and the planes that were now able to carry them were used all throughout World War II. Two famous examples are the bombing of Pearl Harbor in 1941, which officially put the U.S. into the war, and the bombing of Dresden in 1945, which sparked Slaughterhouse-5 by Kurt Vonnegut. What we now call the U.S. Air Force was created September 18, 1947. Before then, it was a subsection of the Army called the Army Air Forces. After World War II proved the fact that true air-to-air combat, along with strategic bombing, had become commonplace in war, it was decided to make a new branch of the military whose entire job was to manage the U.S.'s air combat. On October 14, 1947, humans had finally made a plane that can fly faster than the speed of sound. The Bell X-1, which I have to mention had the fantastic nickname of Glamorous Glennis. was a rocket-powered test plane piloted by Captain Chuck Yeager. The plane was dropped from a B-29, the same plane that dropped the atomic bomb, and then used a rocket to continue flying. At its top speed, it reached Mach 1.06. After World War II, Berlin was divided, and in June 1948, the Russians closed off West Berlin to all forms of land transportation. They did this to stop everyone living there from getting supplies to try to get people out of the city and keep it for themselves. The Allies didn't leave. Instead, they supplied the entire city by bringing in cargo with airplanes for over a year. During this time, planes took off almost every 30 seconds, and made nearly 300,000 flights to supply more than 2.3 million tons of cargo. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall! I may be a bit biased when talking about this next plane, because the SR-71 Blackbird is my favorite. The Blackbird was able to fly over 16 miles above the Earth, which means the pilot was able to see the curvature of the planet. The first flight of the Blackbird was December 22, 1964. It was a long-range supersonic jet, able to reach Mach 3.2. Everything about this plane was a completely new concept. It had new engines to keep it at supersonic speeds for a long period of time. It was a combination of a normal jet and a ramjet engine. A new super-stable type of fuel with an incredibly high flashpoint called JP7 was created to deal with the stress of overheating. To give an example of how stable this fuel is, it was pumped around the plane to be used as a coolant, again to combat overheating. The Blackbird also carried triethylborane, a fuel that immediately ignites in the presence of oxygen, to help start the combustion of the fuel and start the afterburners because the fuel sometimes needed extra help to start combusting. The Concorde was the first supersonic commercial airplane, created by a partnership between Britain and France that's its maiden commercial flight on January 21st, 1976 it was able to reach top speed of Mach 2.04. The airplane had routes from London to Bahrain, Paris to Rio de Janeiro, and from both Paris and London to D.C. and New York. It had to travel mostly over water due to issues with the massive sonic boom from breaking the sound barrier. The Concorde did have one fatal crash, Air France 4590, on July 25, 2000. On a flight from New Paris to New York, the plane had an engine failure and had a fuel tank burst and caught fire. A total of 113 people died. The plane was officially retired and had its last commercial flight from New York's JFK to London Heathrow on October 24, 2003. I think it's fascinating by looking at something as simple as airplanes that we can see how war breeds innovation. I hate to admit it because I am by no means advocating for war, but I think it would be naive to say that modern technology would exist without it. I wish that humans could find a more peaceful way to advance technology, but at the moment, I don't see that way. I hope you enjoyed this journey through history with me. I hope to see you again with my next episode. Don't forget to leave a review and rate this podcast. You can find us at Tales Radio on Twitter or at talespodcast.wordpress.com. Please feel free to reach out to us. Tales Radio is hosted, created, recorded, and edited by Tessa. Please enjoy the following recording of Daniel reading We Never Know How High We Are by Emily Dickinson. We never know how high we are till we are asked to rise, and then if we are true to plan, our statures touch the skies. The heroism we recite would be a daily thing. did not ourselves the cubits warp for fear to be a king.